This episode was sponsored by Santos Threads. Make sure to visit Santos-Threads for the latest and greatest in men's and women's Latino hip-hop-inspired streetwear apparel. Visit santos-threads.com. You are now listening to the Santos Says Podcast, episode number 24. With your host, Santos, proud owner of Santos Threads. Welcome, everybody, once more to the Santos Says Podcast. We are here. Episode number 24. I have a special guest here for you today um, on this edition. Happy to be with you once more as the calendar turns, continues to turn, and we get into the very cold, well, not cold in all parts, but uh, certainly cold in the Northeast uh, for yours truly as we embark getting towards the holiday season, of course. And here today I have a special guest. This person is an artist and entrepreneur. Uh, she's a Latina. Uh, she's Puerto Rican, like yours truly. And um, I felt like I really needed to have her here because I, I love the um, work. I'm a fan of her work. Um, I have a great deal of respect for what she does. And um, her name is Ketsy. So she goes by the name of Ketsy and she's an entrepreneur. She's really found a way to create some really great art and make a business uh, for herself and really do well for herself. And she's really doing great things on social media. Uh, you can see her posts. And um, she also has really nice uh, work and artwork that she puts together and has really made a nice niche for herself. Um, it's a celebration of culture and heritage. And um, quite frankly, I love what she's done um, with her business. And so we're going to get into, we're going to talk about what she's up to. Uh, Ketsy really brings something unique, uh, a really unique uh, business in a unique industry because, you know, right now, as we've seen Latinos, really entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurial spirits, uh, Latino entrepreneurs really taking off right now. And I'm so proud and it really fills me with great joy. It's a privilege to see the growth, how we've grown Latinos um, in this country as we continue to march forward towards entrepreneurship, um, growth pursuing our dreams, opportunities, so on and so forth. And so I'm really uh, happy and excited to have her here. And we're going to talk with Ketsy about uh, her business. Uh, she has a business called Sketsy, where she offers a lot of her unique art pieces and really uh, turn them into unique items, uh, merchandise and different things. She does that. Um, she does um, some also, she, she's a brand ambassador. She does a lot of different things, and we're going to talk about what she does as well, as she has a lot of different interests. And I really um, feel that it's great to, to be able to talk to people like this who, who have that unique perspective. And as a Latina, obviously as a woman, an entrepreneur, and someone who's talented, uh, an artist, um, certainly it's always good to share stories with people like this and really understand where they're coming from and where they got their start and all those things. So I'm going to ask her about her background. Um, I want to get into some things about her, how she got started, all those things, and much more. We're going to talk about entrepreneur stuff as, as obviously uh, myself being an entrepreneur. Um, I always love to, to share stories. It's always good to give information, pass information along, tell stories about our, uh, our triumphs, our defeats, trials and tribulations, highs and lows, because as you guys know, um, this is a journey that is always, you know, it, it's going like this. It's always moving. It's fluid. It's never just 
flatline. It's never just one thing, right? So it evolves. It's an ever-evolving saga. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I've always said that, you know, I subscribe to the theory that, um, you know, the destination is the journey. You're not trying to get to a final destination. There's no final destination. You're always trying to move on to that next uh, space, and you're kind of running through milestones on the way. And without further ado, I do have my guest here. Her name is Ketsy. Um, she does amazing things, very talented, very good. Um, just I, I love the a good spirit. You could tell she's a good spirit. I'm very proud of her roots. Uh, she's a fellow Puerto Rican, an artist, entrepreneur, and other things as well. And so without further delay, I'd like to welcome to the show, Ketsy. Hey. Hello. How are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. First of all, thank you for coming. Um, I appreciate uh, you accepting. Yeah, for sure. As soon as you sent it to me and I went and looked at your podcast and I went and looked at the other interviews, I was like, oh, yeah, bet for sure. He's trying to support support the people and get information and news and inspiration out there. So I love that. No, definitely. Most definitely. And I have to pause one second. Aye, aye, aye. You're All right. I've never used this like this streaming platform before, so I was trying to figure it out, and it wouldn't let my mic come on or my um the video come on. So I was reading instructions, and I was like, "All right, I gotta push allow, allow, allow for all this stuff." <laughs> no, no. Listen, um, it's one of those things that you learn as you go. Myself, it took me a good, I want to say, a good month and a half before I knew how to use it, how to put the the proper uh, screen, because yeah. there's different angles. I mean, there's like a million things on this, so. <laughs> Oh. graphics, whatever it is. So it took me forever, but. So it's not Zoom. <laughs> no, Zoom. It's, it's a little bit more advanced than the Zoom. It took me a second to get the Zoom right, too. Hey, listen, that's the world we live in right now, right? I mean, that's the world we live in. And yeah. so with, with that being said, right, let's talk, let's get into that because I know how, first of all, how has the pandemic treated you through this time and with everything going on with your business, with your other interests, right? With your art. Talk to me about uh, that. The pandemic, it has been ups and downs for real, for real, because the business wouldn't have started if it wasn't for the pandemic. Like as messed up as that sounds, um, it, it was where I was furloughed from my job and didn't know that I would have a job. Yeah, they had shut everything down here in St. Pete, Florida. And I had been at this company for five years and out of nowhere, they were like, yeah, we don't know if we're going to bring you back. And so that was super stressful, you know, and then with, you know, Florida's wild open as it is. So that was stressful too, like having to physically go to work every day. So on the one hand, it was like, all right, you kind of get a break. And on the other hand, it's like, how are we going to pay these bills? So it was, it was rough at first. And that's kind of how I got into like the digital drawing. I had an iPad and just went at it. I mean, I had all this time now, right? And then I started getting on social media a lot more. I had started this thing called Glam Saturdays because I just felt, you know, I was depressed. You're in the house all the time. I had no reason to put get dressed or put on makeup or anything. You just, as a woman too, you just kind of feel like, oh, there's like a lull. So I would just get glammed up for no reason on a Saturday. And sure enough, it started to like catch on in my stories on Instagram. And so for me, the pandemic was more of a way for me to like connect with all types of strangers and different people I never would have, because I never would have spent that much time, you know, online. 
And then it was a way for me to get those digital drawings out there. And sure enough, people wanted to pay for them and they were really supportive. And I just couldn't believe it. So about like midway through last summer, it was one of those things where I just put my all into my art and I realized, man, maybe I should stay home more often because <laughs> I'm hella productive right now. Um, so in that sense, it was, it ended up being somewhat of a, of a blessing for me. And I know it was like something that was really unfortunate for a lot of people, but I just kind of hustled my way through it and just tried to live any, you know, by any means necessary. And, um, but sure enough, the job turned back on and they brought us back. And so now I was stuck in this, like, yo, I want to do art full time, but I still need to pay the bills. You know, everything wasn't, nothing was consistent. And um, now I feel like things are evening out and I'm learning slowly how to do the life work balance thing. Um, and in my personal life, the pandemic was just something where I was able to talk to my friends more often. I mean, I think for me, it was a whole different, it was a whole different thing. I was really blessed, really lucky, privileged, all of that to go through it and like be okay. And I have like a huge friend group and we all live in different states as it is, you know what I mean? So for us to to get together and like play, we were playing video games on Twitch together and things like that. Like that's stuff we would have never done before. So for for what it was last year in that like really depressing state, I feel like I found a way to kind of get get out of it. And, and yeah, you know, it's funny. And I'm glad you mentioned that because it, it was a similar situation for me too. Um, I'm glad that you shared that. Um, the It gives you extra time. To be able to think and kind of refocus and, and do things. And I think I could relate to that story. And as a lot of us can, right? Just kind of like saying, okay, I have more time. Let me focus on what I really want to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Somehow that inspiration thing struck, you know, and it was it was one of those things where it's like, well, you can't really fail, you know, and if you fail, so what? Like, how much do we have to lose at this point? You know, I for me, it was like, what, I'm going to lose a job? I'm probably going to lose the job anyways. Am I going to lose, you know, the money? Well, the money's not coming in anyways. You know, it was that type of thing. So really, I, I felt like there was a lot of people who were able to come out of it. And then, but I also know a lot of people where, you know, that kind of that depression and that sadness really took over. I mean, even I think in personal life, at when one thing goes up, the other thing goes down. You know what I mean? So that's not to say that there weren't struggles because it was definitely, definitely some struggles there. Yeah, it's funny because it almost seems like, don't you feel sometimes in life, it's almost like, damn, like, can I have it all up to here, right? Like, you want it all to be at the same level, and that's just not how life works. Like, everything is not always on the up and up at the same time. Yeah, um, and then when it's going really good, you're, you're like this. Like, when is something going to go wrong? At least that's me. I'm a Virgo, so I'm always thinking, like, man, things are going way too well right now. I, is there something fishy going on? <laughs> like when is something bad going to happen? I'm always like on the edge of something. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that sometimes it's almost like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. But, yeah. um, you know, I think, you know, one of the things I, I wanted to bring, bring up to you, mention to you is that I felt like you, you know, one of the things I saw was your work. I really had great respect for your work. Um, you know, myself being Puerto Rican as well, seeing that pride, right? Boricua, yeah. right? So tell me about some of that inspiration as far as like how you drew inspiration from your culture, your background, and tell me a little bit about, you don't have to get too right in the yeah. weeds, but just a little bit of overview of your history and how that factored into your work. Yeah, um, I've always tried different, like to paint different subjects, but honestly, like La Cultura, my culture, Puerto Rico, I've always come back to that consistently. 
I've tried other things, other routes, even with commissions that are like portraits of stuff, people, you know, uh, abstract work, all of that. It's uh, it always goes back to my roots. I can't. It's what I'm most passionate about, and I think being like a diaspora Oriqua, that connection and that like longing to La Isla all the time is just something constant in in my life. And I wouldn't be who you know I am today if it wasn't for growing up half the year in PR and growing up half the year here. And it affects every, literally every aspect of my life. So because that's what I'm most passionate about and like kind of getting the word out there, I've, I've realized everywhere that I've moved to, I meet other diaspora Latinos, you know, not just Puerto Ricans. And when you find that community, you're like, oh man, we got so much in common. And that community just makes you feel kind of like safe and it makes you feel like home. And that's what's always made me happy. That's what's always made me feel comfortable. And that's where like my passion lies. So that's how I end up just painting about it. Yeah, no, I, and, and it's reflective in your work. And that's really something that, um, you, you should be commended for because there are so many times, right? How many times you've seen, you know, diaspora, as you call them, di as yeah. we know them to be diaspora, Puerto Ricans or Latinos kind of with those, we have those pressures where we're trying to kind of like ingratiate ourselves and adapt to American culture yeah. and we lose sight of where we're from. Oh, for sure. I mean, assimilation is real and not even on like purposefully. It's just, you know, when you're when you're embedded in this culture, like you're from the North, I grew up in the South, those cultures, you know, those are two different cultures. That's also a part of like who I am. And then, you know, we're hella Boricua at the house and <laughs> we're hella Puerto Rican at the house. And fusing all of that together, I feel like everyone has this, um, we kind of had this this bond that we understand each other in, in that way. You know, like you understand what it is to kind of fight against one power and be hella supportive of your community. But then you also like, we grew up here and there's this dynamic of like fighting forces almost. And you have to find a way to like use the two and say like all of that's me and all of that is a part of me. And I realize that there's a lot of other people who feel that way. And that's why I feel like like my work can speak to those people because we're always longing for like this connection. And I think personally for me, there was another, um, I was speaking to somebody else about it and I kind of was like, in therapy when I was talking <laughs> on uh, my Instagram live, I said, man, it really feels like we're always trying to prove ourselves. Like how Puerto Rican are you or how Latina are you or how, you know, how connected are you really to that Isla? Do you speak Spanish? Do you not speak Spanish? And for me, like getting my art out there in that way is almost kind of like proving to myself and or to others. Like I'm really supportive of this, you guys, you know, like I'm not just out here. My cousins used to say, you know, I was the, the prima de allá afuera, allá afuera. And I'm like, uh -huh, allá afuera. Oh, like I, <laughs> I come every year. La yankee, una yankee ya. Una yeah. yankee, una gringa, gringa. Yeah, yeah. I was always trying to like fight that narrative. And now as an adult, I kind of just accept the narrative and know that like I'm from I'm from both at the at the same time. It's all a part of me. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, because over time it's almost like you become <clears throat> excuse me, you you accept you accept the fact that you're not gonna please everybody. Right. You go to that, you know. Cuando tú vas para la isla, you're not going to be Puerto Rican and like them. As right. like to, in their eyes, right? You're not going to be as Puerto Rican as them. And then when you're here, to some people, they look at you like, well, you're super Puerto Rican, you know, yeah, non-Puerto yeah. non Ricans, right? Oh, you're super Puerto Rican. Oh, right. did you just get here yesterday? Yeah. Right? yeah. So, <laughs> you fresh off the JetBlue flight, ain't you? <laughs> fresh off the JetBlue from San Juan. So, right? 
Yeah, no, I completely understand that. It's it's conversations that I have with friends all the time. And, you know, I, and I've got friends from everywhere, you know, friends from DR and Panama and Colombia and, you know, Cuban friends. And like, we all kind of have that same dynamic. And some people consider themselves, you know, more from the país than than others and and having those conversations, but like in a lighthearted way. I, I feel like that's when we really have that that camaraderie. We can kind of like make fun of each other and make fun of these stereotypes that they that they have of, you know, kids like us. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And so since you mentioned about like what what it feels like, right, as far as, oh, do you, do you speak Spanish? Do you not? How much about the culture do you know? Do you know about the himno nacional, all that, right? What What is your opinion on not just Puerto Rican, but like other Latinos who don't speak Spanish? Um, I think that one, we kind of have like a, in order for you to stay connected to your culture, you kind of have a responsibility to at least try or to at least learn. You know, I definitely feel that. I don't think it's necessary to be considered, you know, Latino or whatever. Like this stuff is in sangre, you know what I mean? Like this is in your blood regardless. And it used to be where I wouldn't, I, I had to learn English watching Sesame Street, but then I was growing up in the States and I was speaking Spanglish, like straight half and half sentences. And mommy took me to some therapist and the therapist, you know, back in the early nineties is like, well, if you're gonna live in the US, she has to be able to speak English. So you should speak only English at the house. Mm. So little by little, the Spanish left, you know, and every time I would try to speak Spanish, everybody, you know, would make fun of me. And back then I was just so self-conscious about it. And I feel like it was more of a, you already know how familia is, you know, they mm -hmm. make fun in like the most bullying type of way. <laughs> ruthless. Yeah, super ruthless. So then I, you know, I would step back. Like I really didn't want to speak the Spanish as much. I would only speak the English, even knowing like if I would be in circles where people spoke Spanish, but I knew that they spoke English, I'm speaking English back because that's what I feel most comfortable with. And I'm afraid somebody's going to make fun of me. So like I said, as I got older, I felt like I had the responsibility to learn and to really, you know, practice it for, for that matter. And um, so the Spanglish is is good for me <laughs> right now. So I feel like if people, you know, didn't grow up so much with the language in the household to definitely try and like find your roots again. And if that doesn't feel authentic to you, I think it's more about authenticity. If it doesn't feel authentic to you, then, you know, then, then do you. But I personally just think, you know, why wouldn't you want to like find your roots and why wouldn't you want to, you know, try a little bit? Agreed. Now, here's a, I have a, another question for you, kind of similar to this, right? What does, what does Atillo Puerto Rico mean to you? <sighs> Family and home and it's where I would go every single, I mean, I think I've been every single year since my birth. Like three months after I was born, mommy put me on a plane. We were in Atillo um, and then I went for like my one-year-old birthday and you know, this was back when, too, that there were still, well, there still is now, but on our property, you know, wooden houses. And Abuela's house was like this tiny little thing with like, you know, two other rooms kind of made up with the sink, you know, ceiling and yeah. a couple of walls here and there to what it is now. Like, I've just watched it grow over time and, and the family grow over time and, you know, abuelos passing away and aunts and uncles and it's just like it just feels like home i have such a connection to atijo it's really where my mom is from my dad's from quebradilla but that's like up the street right around the corner mm -hmm. yeah 
but uh, I think it was just like where, it's where I grew up as a kid and it, there were times you know when I grew up in partially in um, North Carolina so we would fly for the summers to PR and it's like oh we gotta go to PR like you already know that the Aguadabuela's house is like really cold and like 15 of my cousins are there and we got to share like two rooms, you know, my spoiled privilege ass and <laughs> right. first, first world problems is really what it is. Yeah. I am so thankful and grateful that I had those experiences because it just opened my eyes to like, you know, it, it's a whole different world, but I truly genuinely appreciate that lifestyle so much more than the lifestyle that we have here, you know, and how it's a little bit slower and how you kind of have to do things yourself. And, you know, there's that, I just feel like Puerto Ricans in general, all over, all over La Isla, we just have that, uh, that attitude where we can get past anything and do anything. And, you know, we're going to prosper no matter what. And I feel like you don't have, you kind of don't have that here. I didn't have that in North Carolina growing up. So I was really proud of that. And as time went on, going to Atijo was like, yes, we go on a PR. You know, you got really excited about it. But yeah, it, it you get that sense of community. You get that that yeah. that family, right? So it's like La Sangre Llama, right? Like they yeah. say, La Sangre Llama. So like, even though you're, you know, you've made your life in the States, right? You reside in the States, but yeah. there's a, a great part of you that feels like it belongs over there. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it that that feels like home. That's like I'm I'm going back home. Here always feels like something that's that's temporary to me. Like the goal is always to get to PR, move to PR, be closer to PR, you know. And I've went back and forth over time, but uh, you know, life gets in the way and we all have to make our our decisions. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do you make of the current situation? Now again, you don't have to talk politics <laughs> we won't right we won't go there okay. so what, whatever you're you know comfortable with yeah, discussing is fine right yeah um just in general what what do you make right now what's going on because obviously we've heard a lot of issues with as far as like real estate um yeah americans buying real estate out there yeah right real estate tycoon what is your opinion on that what's going on because it's a real thing it's a real thing and one that i've seen happened before my eyes so i also grew up in hawaii and i always use this example if anyone's ever lived in hawaii i feel like you can have a a different opinion or at least a more like educated perspective on it because when you see that type of like i don't that type of colonization and moving in mm -hmm. and somebody from a different culture kind of imposing their own culture it's just it's so sad to see you know and there's always this like there's the fighting of the culture and i feel like hawaii did a really good job of trying to hold on to it you know there's a lot of different things that have, have happened there so for instance um i went to elementary school there and i also uh did some college while i was there as well i went to university of Hawaii at Manoa and you have to take Hawaiian studies and you have to take Hawaiian languages and you know there are some benefits if you can prove that you have Hawaiian blood Hawaiian ancestry so that type of thing I really love because they're really trying to hold on to their culture and trying to hold on to their traditions but then you've also seen you know them getting completely pushed out and native Hawaiians are probably in the most like on the most poverty level there and I feel like the same thing would happen to Boricuas and La Isla. You know, you're gonna be part of the poverty level. They're not gonna care about you. You're gonna get pushed out. And because there's such a culture shock and it's gonna happen like that, 
like so immediately your land will be bought up your house will be bought up you know we already know some of the things that that we do over there we don't necessarily go by the rules <laughs> we don't necessarily follow the laws let these people come in yeah man that stuff is over like over take everything from you without you know, la cultura ya se va and you know the english will become the main language and, and i you know right now everyone's kind of you know Spang spanglish is really heavy there and i you know i feel like all of my cousins over time like they've at least understood how to speak english but for instance in atillo there was um a home depot you know they put up so all of the um ferreterias that were around you know that was competition for them and home depot said well you have to be able to speak english to work here. And so here Home Depot is paying, you know, X amount for a better pay than it was, mm -hmm. for, you know, local mom and pop hardware stores. But if you didn't speak English, you didn't even have the opportunity to go. And that's just like a small example of what could happen and, you know, probably will happen from, from what I hear. And it's just, it's sad. It's sad to see. I, I've seen it with my, like I said, I've seen it in Hawaii where they're really trying to hold it down. But if it became something like that, I mean, it's gonna be a whole different Puerto Rico. This is just gonna be, and some people might like that version of it. You know, that's not, I'm not here to judge which version of it that they that they like better, that they feel is, is right, you know? But it just, seeing it, um, seeing it there, I feel like Puerto Rico would go down the same route and it would just be sad just because it wouldn't be the same. Some people say change is better, but I don't know. You so know? I can, so I can gather where you stand from, just from your answer and there's no right or wrong answer, but right. I, let's just, let's just say I'm in lockstep with you. Um, so, I mean, the culture could be eradicated right. if we got to that point. So just imagine if we got to the point where they became number 51. Now, again, I'm not full disclosure. It's whatever you, you like this, you like that, whatever. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is, and I've, I've been adamant against, 51. So I'm just, right. I'm going to put it out there. Me too. Me too. <laughs> That's why I said, I know where you stand on that. Um, I just, I'm with you. I just don't see how, again, if you do fine, but that's what happens. Just look at Hawaii. All you got to do is look at Hawaii as an example. Yeah. And it's right there. And it's my heart. That's my biggest fear yeah. as a Puerto Rican. I got to tell you, that's my biggest fear yeah. because of the loss of culture and heritage mm -hmm. that we have. That scares me. Yeah, it scares me too. And, you know, even in my own family, I've had, you know, debates, even with my own parents. Sometimes they'll be on this side of the fence and sometimes they'll be on this side of the fence, you know, them having had, you know, raised me in the States, but their goal was always to go back to PR and retire in PR. And then, you know, they happen to be very critical of PR, but they went back, you know, and they love it. And that, and that's, and that's home for them. And we're always on different, I'm always trying to, you know, listen to different podcasts and definitely going online and seeing, you know, different people's opinions. I listen to my family as well, because I can't say that everyone in my family, like my, my, my primos, I just feel like they don't, they really don't understand like what would actually happen in the long run. It seems nice. And it seems like, you know, you're going to get all of these great and fabulous things because you think that the U S has all these great and fabulous things. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's not, man. It's not because the second they take away your land and the second one that they take away your home, your jobs, what do you, what do you have at that point? You know, and it's already, you know, Puerto Rico is already on this, um, harsh poverty line as it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's super askew, you know, there's really not any kind of middle ground right now. Um, and I think it all comes down to, I don't want to say it all comes down to, because I, you know, I, I honestly don't have any, um, 
faith in the government. But if that's the route that we have to go, you got to vote. Like you got to vote. You have to be out there knowing what, what, what people are doing and whatnot. And then if you decide not to, perfectly cool and all that. But you can't complain about the things, you know what I mean, that are well happening said. in mm -hmm. your barrio without you being involved either because yes it's a, it's an evil but it's almost like this necessary evil because what else is there i personally don't have the, the answers i just know how i feel you know for me it's more of like this emotional ah pullback for for it to become a state mm. I, uh, I i'm with you yeah. <laughs> it, it it's a it's a nightmare I, i'm it's just it's just not it's just not who we are like yeah. You know, and again, I invite anybody who doesn't know the history of Puerto Rico, go back and look at Puerto Rico, look into how it was even seized as a territory right. that it was taken. It was possessed against its. They possessed it, the island against its own will. Right. So yeah. I'm, I'm that's 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 it for that part. History, you know, they definitely don't teach us that history in the States, let alone in PR. Like there's things that I've told, you know, my parents and uh, have you read uh, War Against All Puerto Ricans? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That. That book, right so that's i just feel like that's something everybody should should read and uh you know gave that book to my dad kind of passed it on to different people and even he was like man they didn't tell us about any of this no they don't because and it I'm doesn't like, benefit sure. them it just makes so much sense as to why like so much fell in place for me after reading about our history because it's like oh I know why Abuela and Abuelo went to Chicago and I know why we like migrated to New York and I know why they ended up coming back and why Jibaros are Jibaros and why, you know, San Juan is San Juan. Like all of it just fell into connected. place for me. No, I, I definitely, I, a hundred percent, I agree with you. And that book is an awesome book. I would definitely recommend anybody to read it. Yeah. Um, if you want to understand the situation of what's going on now and what's happened in the past. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. It always repeats itself. You know, you read that and you can correlate it to like everything that's going on now. And it just makes you like, you know, it was a hard read for me. I'm going to tell you. I was, I had to put the book down a couple of times because I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I agree. It's, it's yeah. very, it's a tough read because it, it gets your, it pulls at your heartstrings. It pulls at your emotions because you say, man, how do we let this happen? Yeah. Right. And um, so moving, moving on to you, right. Talk to me about Sketsy, because obviously, talk to me about your business. I know you, you have a great website out. Uh, talk to me about Sketsy and what you're up to. So Sketsy is, Sketsy is my artist name, but then Sketsy is also like the business, which is a merchandise line that I came up with that's just based on my artwork. So it encompasses basically anything and, and everything. I have, well, here, back here, there we go, that way. I have original paintings. And then sometimes the original paintings turn into prints and then the prints turn into posters. They're all at different price points because art can be very like artsy fartsy, right? So you got like the museum, you think of museums, you think of the galleries and the shows and everybody gets really intimidated by like that kind of crowd. And they shouldn't because, you know, art is so subjective. It's for anybody and everybody. But to be honest, those price points, I mean, these paintings take a really long time. So I think that's where the classism comes in. You know, you have an original painting for a higher price point. So you think like you're not supposed to be in that environment community area. 
when it's just not true. And I really wanted to speak to like all of my community, you know, if you're not the type of person that's going to collect fine art and collect like the paintings, the original paintings, acrylic on canvas, then I have a print, you know, I have a print with a different price price point. that's like $60 and I have a poster because maybe, you know, you don't want to keep everything and you're more of a temporary decorator or something, you know, and you move around a lot. So then I have posters as well. And I started to do um, products, so like on different things. I have mugs and totes and uh, puzzles, just all kinds of things to see really what'll, what'll work. I just started doing that because the digital pieces had went so well last year. Um, and then I decided to do the coloring book, which was huge. And the coloring book just went, big surprise, big surprise with the coloring book. It was just one of those passion projects where I'm like, you know, I wanted people to be able to have my art, especially during the pandemic. We were all on a budget, you know what I'm saying? So we're not paying $1,200 for no piece of artwork that's gonna that's gonna hang in the middle of the sala. So what's a way <laughs> I could get somebody to still purchase my art and hang it on their wall? And so I came up with the idea of the coloring book and in researching other coloring books, I didn't see any that was like just based on our culture. And I was even Googling like adult coloring books and there are some hilarious ones out there. Let me tell you, they are super funny and really cool and neat, but still it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Latino. It wasn't anything about our, our culture at all. And I said, you know, that's me. That's definitely part of everything that I am. Let me make a coloring book and made it really thick so that you can play with it in all different types of mediums. And then that way you can tear it out and hang it on your wall. And I think the coloring book really is what started off the line of products for Sketsy and what made Sketsy even like be successful. The only reason the business exists right now is because of this. I'm looking at it, that's what we're here. There we go. There we go. Colores de mi tierra. Yes. By Sketsy. So amazing. Available on your website as, as well. Uh Sket and we'll plug all your stuff as well. Okay, so cool. definitely when this comes out. Um Sketsy, yep. Sketsy.com, right? Yeah, Sketsy.com. And it just completely it it took off. And it was one of those things where it felt like like this is my purpose. This is what I'm supposed to be doing because so many people connected with it and so many people understood the pages don't necessarily say what they are, where they're from. I didn't want to put any kind of description behind it. I didn't want it to be, uh, you know, here, I'm going to inform you about our culture. I wanted it to be like, you see it, if you know, you know, like that type of thing. You know, when you see the page, you understand where it's from. And if it speaks to you, no matter where you're from, that just goes to show that we have like so much more in common than we initially believe. Yeah, I I very I like that because I actually approach everything as well the same way. As far as if you know, you know. No. So <laughs> yeah. 100%. 100%. And I not to explain too much. I kind of want people to have their own interpretation of some pieces. And then, and I've seen uh, I mean all over the place. There are some interpretations of pieces where I go, "Really? That's what you see?" because I was thinking the complete opposite. So it's really cool how people like impose their own thought process onto what they see in these in these images. And so with the with the sketchy line and with the products, I just hope it again that it's one of those things where they feel connected to wherever it is that they're from and they can bring it with them in their home or they can teach their kids. That's been a big one too. Like the coloring books weren't just for adults. I've seen the coloring books been given everywhere. I mean, they've ended up in so many places that that's not where I ship them to. So they must have been passed on, you know, to someone else. And I think it's a way for them to keep the culture in the household, you know, 
for us growing up, maybe it was the music. You got salsa, you know, on in the morning or mommy's playing bachata, you know, on Sunday or after church, you know, we're, we're going to go eat, you know, whatever it is that we normally eat, our, 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 our platos. And now we have these things where I have, you know, puzzles, magnetic puzzles. I'm looking at the puzzles too. So let me just go ahead. And so it's just looking off into the distance. I have That's not very nice. Very so nice. To help, you know, teach your children at home too and keep the culture at home because it's not just a Star Wars puzzle, you know, or it's not just a coloring book about, you know, Legos, all that commercialism. Like this is a for us, by us type of thing. I, I respect that. I, I love that. And, and, that's once again that's available on your website that's tremendous i love that i've never seen something like that oh thank you thank you so you are to be commended for that definitely um and i know what you do right you mentioned what you do is very much right for not only the puerto ricans but the latinos in general yeah so i want to throw a term at you and then we're going to go to another segment because i have a segment that i i think i, I want to go <laughs> i'm gonna here we go okay what is your take on the term latinx Okay, so Latinx to me is just embodying all people. I don't see it as this, I mean, it's so hard to, it's so hard to explain because everybody has a different version of it. Um, I like the term personally. I think it's cool. I think it's okay. Um, I really hate machismo culture, right? So this whole thing of like what's male and what's female and, you know, the male version of things is what is in Spanish or in our language anyways, is like the primary way you would come to terms with something. So I kind of like the idea of not necessarily fighting against that, but showing that there's just a different way of saying it, you know, to me that that's, that's kind of what it is, that that's the perspective that I take on it. I don't necessarily take on it um, in the way of like sexuality and whether or not how we identify ourselves. Although I think it's cool if that's how you want to use it as well. You know, I think it's definitely an all inclusive term. I definitely think it's a like this generation type of term because I know a lot of people don't understand it and they're just like leave things the way that they are. Why would you? Why would you change the language? It's the language, which I get. Like I, I, I kind of understand that argument for it too, but. Sometimes, you know, being all inclusive is a good thing, you know? So I feel like whatever term you want to use, you use. I tend to use both. I say Latinos, but in written form, I might say Latinx just so that you understand it. Like it's an all inclusive thing. But when speaking, I just say automatically Latinos because that's what rolls off the tongue, you know? So I, I'm glad you mentioned that. So on this segment, this segment is called, I'm going to put in, I'm going to, on this segment, it's called, um, <clears throat> excuse me, What Santos Said. From an episode that i done before right. of something I said, I will react to it and then I will ask for your take. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen okay. and you're going to hear the audio. You're going to see the video and you'll see this episode. This is from episode number 10 called The Latin X Files. So okay. here we go. Oh, snap. Ready? <laughs> No, nothing to worry about. Here okay. we go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, here it is from episode 10, The Latinx Files. Okay. Um, I will do that. I will get into the Latinx term. This is a term that has been um, used over the past couple years, especially prominent in the last four or five years. And it's one of those ridiculous terms that, um, that America can't seem to... Uh, have enough of as far as 
labeling. You know, as you know, in America, we're, we're constantly labeling groups. We're constantly labeling people, uh, ethnicities, uh, religions, people from different socioeconomic um, backgrounds, so on and so forth. And it's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what I, all right. So one second. So my whole take was just, and, and again, look, what you said is a hundred percent valid. Like I, uh, I agree with what you're saying as far as if you're comfortable, use it. I understand being inclusive, right? I understand that our society, our culture, yes, has a history of being very machista. Yeah. Like that's indisputable. My argument was the source of the word. I feel oftentimes, if you look at who made up the word, this was a word that was created by Anglos. Okay. And so my, from my vantage point, I feel like this is, and again, full disclosure, this is not, there's no yeah. right or wrong answer. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I feel from my vantage point that this word is very Anglo and it was created by non-Latinos to further put us in other boxes and yeah, yeah, yeah. to kind of mock project. Right, because the, let's be honest, like if you ask the average person who's Latino, non, non-English speaking Latino, they'll have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, no, but yeah, exactly. So that was my thing. I was yeah. reacting to that. Yeah, it's so specific to us here, which is why I'm always so focused on like this diaspora concept because we are two completely different types of versions of the same of the same culture yeah no i think what you're saying you know makes sense um if that's where i i honestly didn't do the research on where it actually came from like where the term came from um so i could see how you're saying like it's a projected version of what you know they want to further put us in x y and z boxes um but i do like how we've adopted it how some of us have adopted the term you know I get the sense of, you know, you don't want to put labels on everything, but I also see just to like counteract that argument. I also see the whole label thing is like, you know, people saying, and I've been talking about this conversation lately a lot and I'm not exactly sure why, but it keeps coming up about um, like colorism and, you know, people saying, well, I don't see color, you know, I want you to see color because for me, it's not color in the literal sense, you know, depending on who you ask, this is like a super light color. And then, so, you know, in a different, <laughs> in the summer, it's another kind of color, you know, so they might consider me, you know, something else. I think of it more as like your nationality. When people see a certain color, they attribute it to a certain nationality, plus the attributes that you have on your face. And you can't say that you don't see that. You can't say that, you know, you can't tell that I'm different. That's not true. Right, right. That's yeah. not that. You don't um, see color. That's not true. Yep. Yeah. And I want people to recognize like who I am and I want you to be able to, you know, say like, oh, not necessarily. There's a different way of saying it, but like the whole what are you question, you know, like go ahead and ask me so that I can tell you like, yes, I'm Puerto Rican. And some people don't even know where Puerto Rico is. Like I've had those conversations and it's not that I feel like I have to educate everybody. I just personally like talking about my culture. You know, I don't feel a responsibility to educate everyone in that way, but I I personally like to do it in just hopes that like they could, you know, spread the word. So in the labels situation, I kind of see it the same way. Like maybe we do need some type of labels sometimes so that you know that I am completely different from you. Or I do feel a completely different way. 
100%. And and I agree with that. And and I think anybody who says they don't see color, like I get the premise of what you're saying, yeah. but that's that's a lie. Right. That's a lie. Everybody sees color. Yeah. It's it's not about seeing color. It's about how you interpret the color you see. Yes. That's what it's about. Yes. Right? The stereotype with it or the whatever that you have that comes with it. And I've I've come to realize like so I've been able I've been blessed to like travel a lot and I grew up as a military brat. And I think people who haven't like traveled a lot and or because, you know, where you're from, there's probably a whole melting pot of people, too. But I've been able to live in different cities where it's melting pots. And I've been able to live in different communities where it's all different types of people. Once you get to learn different types of cultures, you appreciate all of that, you know, yeah. like stereotypes kind of some dissipate and some are like funny and you're like oh yeah you're for sure blah 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 <laughs> like you're definitely Boricua because it's something something and and you know you can make light of it but I think that you you understand life in a whole different way you know and so when people start talking about like these inclusive terms and these labels and whatnot I'm kind of here for it because I think it's cool that you can you finally have like a name to something that you know someone has always felt like different in a way. You're like, oh, and not to say that you have to feel that way either. You know, it's just I I think it's kind of cool that those type of conversations are being had now. Is all not a hundred percent, and and I I can appreciate that for sure. I I can second that notion. Um, talk to us about mommies and mimosas. Oh, mommies and mimosas. Yeah, we just went live yesterday. It is, okay, so I'm the co-founder with one of my good friends. Her name is Julesha. Her and I uh, kind of started this entrepreneurship journey side by side almost. She kind of went before me because same thing happened to her. She was furloughed from a nine to five. She had this career that she had been working for, that she had went to school for, everything. We had like the same type of story. And unfortunately for her, she was never brought back. So she had to figure out a way, you know, again, hustle mentality comes through and she's half Boricua, half Dominican. So she's like, I got to do something. Like she knows I got to do something. We got to get in these streets and make something happen. So she started her business and her and I just got to talking every day. Like, well, what do you do? And what do you do? And even though they were two completely different um, products <laughs> that they were doing, we both found a lot of one camaraderie in it and two like advice you know she would give me advice i'd give her advice she comes from an hr background so she knows all of these like different rules and regulations and laws like she's all into that and me i come from a marketing and advertising background so i know you know i know about how pushing things out there and every time we would talk we say like there's got to be other people who are thinking the same thing that you know we're thinking we want to talk to these other people like either people who are more experienced than us or people who are less experienced or people who are on the same path as us so we started mommies and mimosas as like a networking brunch for entrepreneurs um a bunch of latinas ended up showing up so <laughs> so that's how like mommies came through mommies and mimosas because we want to call ourselves mommies and um and because it's a brunch we would always be drinking it's not like a formal thing you know we really wanted people to be able to relax and talk and networking is really hard to do and it's you know one of those awkward things and it's kind of scary so we want everybody to be in this environment where it's not so formal and we're not you know just throwing powerpoint presentations out there we're having fun at events and so now we're up to our fourth event we, yeah, we started last year. I can't believe we're at our fourth event. Already. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's been small groups 
it's been small groups of women who've gotten together. Um, some are wannabe entrepreneurs, some are entrepreneurs, some are full-blown successful people in their businesses that are here in the city. And it's just been really cool for everyone to talk to each other. I mean, we've legit seen like biz like friendships form, businesses grow, and everyone starts talking to each other and then becomes like clientele, you know, like next thing you know, someone's commissioning me for something or buying one of my products. Someone else has their own spa. The girls end up showing up for the spa. It's just all of these things start happening and watching people who maybe didn't have confidence at first to even like talk in the first brunch by the fourth brunch are just like one of the most talkative people that, that are there. And, um, and me and Julesha kind of set it up to where we ask questions and we always have a theme for our brunches. So this time around, we're going to do like a self-worth theme, knowing your self-worth and then knowing the price point behind that self-worth. <laughs> so like physically, metaphorically speaking, you know, um, all of all right. that. And yeah, it's, it's just, we just do it for fun. We don't make any money off of it. We don't make any profit off of it. What we charge for tickets goes straight into the event itself to make sure we can buy all the food and we can have it in a, in a nice place and, um, and be able to have like prizes, all types of people donate things to us. Our prizes have all been like donations, um, from sponsors. It's just been, it's been really cool. And again, that came about just because we had time at that point. Like we had time to think of all these different, different ideas. And now we're trying to, um, you know, have it grow here locally and online. So we also have an online version of it where people can join in. And the very next day after we have the in-person brunch and just talk. That's great. I mean, that that's just how you guys were able to think of this stuff is, is, is fascinating to see that. And, and it's, it, there goes the power of being able to really put your heads together and, and, having the time, right? It ties back to what we said in the beginning, right? Having that time to reflect mm -hmm. and you're able to come up with some of your best ideas. So it, it, it's tremendous. Yeah. Shout um, out to because she's, she came up with it. She's like, maybe we should have this thing where like we have a meeting and you know, everybody comes together and that's just how it kind of, it kind of blossomed. So she's, she's very, uh, the bullet point type of person, make sure we're in check and we have everything together. And then I'm the hot mess one <laughs> that kind of interjects myself with like the fun stuff and trying to figure out, you know, what are we going to have and the themes and what's not. And it's just, it's a really cool experience to do it and to just like give back, you know, trying to build community. I'm really big on that. Give back to the community. Um, again, that's that whole like for us, by us type of mentality. We're only going to have each other's backs. And sometimes we feel like we don't fit in to certain spaces you know, that also offer probably the same type of services or the same type of events. And we just kind of feel intimidated because, you know, the culture is just a little bit different. So to be able to have a space where you can like really relax and have people who are who are like us um, and have the same like worries and fears and expectations and, you know, opportunities, that type of thing. <clears throat> that's no, that's great. I mean, that's that's tremendous. I really when I when I saw that and then hearing you talk about it and explain it, it just really, it's a great thing. It's a really, really wonderful concept. And thank you. It's, it's a great thing that you're doing and, and keep it up. Um, so talk to me about what is, what is Bate Girls? Oh man, Bate Girls is really awesome. So it is this nonprofit organization. And if I take it all the way back, the, um, the woman who is in charge of the organization who started the whole thing, we were actually college friends. We'd met in college and I had seen her do her like senior thesis on trying to go to the Dominican Republic and really um, 
elevate the bates and try to find a way to make housing for them you know a lot of the housing that was there is you know mud on the floor and wood walls and really trying to make like some concrete houses or try to make you know more stability inside the neighborhoods and then it turned into this whole thing because she ended up seeing that the area that she was in had a really um, bad human trafficking problem. Mm -hmm. And so here she thought that, you know, she was making homes for families where people would feel safe. And it turned out that she was actually making homes so that traffickers could do what they needed to do. And it really hurt her heart. She felt like, you know, the purpose that she went there was for one thing. And then she ended up seeing that there was a whole different culture uh, behind it. And she changed her entire game plan and decided to help the women and children that were victims of human trafficking um, in this particular area. And she made the first safe house, the first safe house in that area where she was able to take in some of the women. And, you know, it's hard for her because, again, there are just some things that are so far embedded as far as like trauma in, in, in our culture that it's, it's really heartbreaking. And it's hard to try and fight again. So she's definitely out there fighting the good fight and, you know, really trying to find good people for her team and her organization. And the women, because it's a nonprofit organization, whatever they sell, whatever monies that they raise goes right back to them and their children. So them and the children are in this home and um, they make jewelry. And they've been taught how to make jewelry from Larimar stones in the Dominican Republic. And so now the women have, you know, a purpose and they have a job and they have a way to make money and they can live in this home and learn different things that they probably didn't get to learn when they were growing up because they were put in this, you know, really traumatic experience atmosphere. And where I came in is she asked me if I could do some art on the jewelry, some hand painted, um, handmade art. And so we kind of put our brains together. And one of the first things that I did with her was uh, paint on leather. And then we made earrings out of the leather, leather, and then the women would put the Larima stones on and they put them online for sale. And that's how we decided to raise money for the women and children there. And so ever since she's had this organization, I've always tried to shout them out. Um, I feel like everyone should have that one thing that they donate to, you know? We wanna do a greater good for everything in the world. You know what I mean? But if you can pick one to be consistent with and to try and make a difference for, I think that's a really good thing. Um, you know, everybody's always on Amazon buying everything, including me, even though I'm trying to not do that as much, but Amazon does have like a smile program where, you know, a couple of cents from every single purchase that you make goes towards an organization that you support. Even Instagram, I think has a feature now where you can go and um, raise funds. Facebook has that one feature that for your birthday, you know, please donate to this. I think that's really important to do something like that, like back yourself to at least one organization. Um, multiple if you can, but that's the one that I choose to support um, just because I, you know, I know her personally. I know what the journey has been. I know how it started and what it's come to be. And I've seen these women grow up. You know, I feel like one of the women that was there, she started or uh, she was in the home, I think, at 14 years old. And now, you know, she's an adult and her child's with her and she's prospering. And, you know, these girls are getting an education that they otherwise wouldn't have. So it's just really neat to see from afar how all of it has has come to fruition and really like helping the women there have a, a different life. And I'm someone that's like deathly, deathly afraid of human trafficking. I don't think people realize how much of an issue it is. And that's not just overseas. We're talking right here too. Right here. Mm -hmm. And so I had a really scary experience um, one time where I almost got got is how I felt. Yeah, coming in from a, from like a wow. 
night at the airport and someone pretending to be my Uber and my Uber was like right behind. So it's all these things, especially as women that we really, really have to pay attention to. So I kind of sympathize with, you know, the women that are there and situations that they were put in and not knowing any better and then being put in as children, you know, it's just, it's so, so heartbreaking. So any way that I can help, you know, I was able to donate some of my books to them, my coloring books. And um, sometimes they raise funds for Christmas presents because some of the kids have never had a Christmas before. So yeah, but they girls is, is wonderful. It's super awesome. If I'm not mistaken, I still might have um, some earrings or a pair of earrings that are left on there. If you search for um, their specific jewelry, I think you can type in Sketchy and you might be able to find something on my line. That's, that's amazing. That's incredible. That story, just hearing that um, it's very, encouraging because you know as you know the world is so full of, of of obstacles and challenges and there's so much emphasis on the negative especially during these times right yeah uh with, pan with the pandemic yeah and to hear um what these organizations that you're a part of and, and their missions um hear your story is very encouraging and um you know i tip my cap to you for for being a part of these things and certainly we all can learn from that and um I commend you for that, for being a part of this. And I, I thank you for bringing these, um, to talk for talking about these as well. And I wanted to make sure, because I had asked you offline about that yeah. I wanted to bring them up. So I, I'm glad that you um, yeah, told us about I'm trying to shout out, you know, Bate Girls. And human trafficking is one of those touchy subjects. You know, some people really don't like to talk about it. And especially if it's something that's happening in their own país, you know, you kind of have that, like, you mm -hmm. don't want to talk about the bad things that are, that are happening, but it's those conversations that we have to have, you know, even within our own families, you know, like we were talking earlier with the whole machismo thing. There are just some subjects now that need to be hashed out. There are some things that really do need to be talked about. Um, and I just, you know, I, I just have this thing in me where I feel like if I give back, I just want to give back in, in some kind of way and make like some kind of difference, even if it's just small differences, you know, if we could save everybody and everything, you know, that'd be fabulous too. But with the small energy and, you know, time that, that, that I have and that all of us have, I feel like we can definitely make a difference. 100%. Amen. So before we wrap up, uh, tell everybody what you're, what you got going on, what you're up to, uh, what we can expect from Ketsy as well as from Sketsy. Okay. Life is crazy right now. It's so crazy. Ever since I put like 100% of my energy into all of this, it's just been a whirlwind. <laughs> I can't even, as soon as I get off here, you know, I'm going to have an Instagram live as well. Um, it's all of this is like great for the exposure and whatnot. It's just to really wrap my head around how busy my schedule is. I have like three calendars. So what's coming up next is I think in December, I'm going to um, be a part of a show in a gecko gallery, which is here locally in St. Pete. I'll have some pieces there that aren't part of my portfolio, but more so for like a juried exhibition. Um, I do have a piece that's hanging right now in, um, Trevine, I believe it's called the Trevine Gallery at the Warehouse Arts District Association, also here locally in St. Pete, Florida. Um, and all of these pieces you'll be able to see on my Instagram. My Instagram is kind of where I let everybody know what's what's going on. Um, I have two. So on my blog, I talk about what's going on with Sketsy and I try to give light to like the struggles and try to be funny about it because it can be, it can be a lot of hard work and get really crazy. Go ahead um, and share those. Yeah, so at K Ruiz PR, 
That's the blog, my entrepreneurship kind of blog that talks about Sketzy, S-K-E-T-Z-I-I. So the Sketzy is where all the art is, where I'm going to tell you where I'm going to be at, um, different things that I'm doing. Hopefully I get to shout this podcast out and uh, when the time comes. And then on the blog, I'm just talking about all of my woes. And you can see me on a daily basis in my stories, you know, when I when I have time. I really feel like interacting with the people is where it's at. If it wasn't for, like, you, people like you, and the, like, loyal following that I have, I wouldn't have anything because everybody tells me what to do, basically. <laughs> I just ask. I'm always asking questions, and everybody gives feedback. And that's how I know, you know, what I'm going to participate in and what I'm not. And right now, I'm doing a lot of commissions for Christmas. So, you know, holidays are coming up. I'm busy, busy, busy with commissions and um, probably will be for quite some time. And I recently won the Emerging Artist Grant. Congratulations. Thank you in Pinellas County. So that was super cool. Very, very unexpected. First grant, you know, that I really applied for and I got it and I was like, ah, y'all about to give me money? Like me? <laughs> the Puerto Rican girl who like paints up about Puerto Rico. That's what you want to get money to. So that was really neat. And um, next week, they're actually, they were able to fund my trip to Puerto Rico. I'll be able to do my first mural ever. I'm really excited about wow, that. Wow, that's great. Awesome. Yeah, I want to have a mural like on my resume so everybody can see it. And hopefully somebody else will want a mural. And to really like make my stamp in PR. Like I want to start having murals. I want my murals to be all over Athedral. So when you ask me about Athedral, hopefully one day someone's like sketchy because I'll be all over the place. Amazing. <laughs> and going to a mural festival in Lares, hopefully to network. So they have a really cool mural festival that's going to be going on next weekend. And I want to network and just meet some people and ask them, you know, to different things. Um, and maybe go by uh, this hotel. Um, I think it's, I am going to say it wrong, so I don't want to say it right now, but it's a hotel that's in Utuado, and um, they have my coloring book there. So they, I was able to sell my coloring book wholesale to them, and I want to go by and check it out and see, you know, their gift shop and whatnot. And then during this grant period all the way until April, hopefully make some new work. So you definitely have to check out the Instagram to see what's going on because I, I haven't scheduled that far. And I'm sure it's gonna be busy, but I'm just like, I'm focused in the now. Great, I mean, tremendous. Um, it, it was a pleasure having you on. Um, you know, thank you so much. Listen, very, very proud of what you're doing and what you've done. Um, Palante, keep doing your Bye. thing. For real, you too, my man. You too. I'm excited to see, you know, like keep watching the podcast and see what you have going on. Thank you so much. I I appreciate that was Ketsy. Oh my god, thank you so much. I appreciate everything you're doing. De corazón, hermana. Thank you so much. Thanks. Um, all the best, keep in touch, and um, thank you very much. For sure, for sure. All right, take care. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. So uh, I want to thank my guest, Ketsy. Um, tremendous. I mean, um, you know, she's talented. She's doing a lot of things. Got a lot of things going on right now. Really, uh, Orgullo Boricua, very good at what she does. And, um, you know, I'm very excited to see where she heads next, heads to next. Um, certainly, there's a lot of great things she's up to. Uh, guys, make sure you, you follow her on Instagram. And also, um, visit her shop, too. You know, it's important that we support the arts and we support artists who have 
these dreams and are putting them into, you know, into fruition that are following their dreams and really doing positive things. You guys heard what she's up to, on, not only as an entrepreneur, but also what she's up to on the other level of giving back, the organization she gives back to. All these things are really important, and it's great to support people like this um, who have this vision and have the mission. So um, definitely, look, uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what she has in store. So that was episode number 24. Um, again, thank you to my guest, Ketsy. Uh, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at uh, Santos Thread Shop. Subscribe to the YouTube. Um, like, comment, the whole thing. Interact, what you guys thought about this episode, so on and so forth. Obviously, listen to the audio version, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Apple, the whole thing. You guys already know. Um, and as always, don't just say what you mean or mean what you say. Say it with your chest. <laughs>